Over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks Radio Network. Here's Joe Brand. Well, the season series between the Blackhawks and the Canucks has come to an end. And the team that's currently at the top of the NHL standings finishes off a season series sweep against the team at the bottom of the NHL standings. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight as we recap a 4-2 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. The Hawks now 0-2-1 on this homestand so far. They've got two more games here at the United Center before their lone road game of the entire month of February. As John and Troy were mentioning earlier, Pittsburgh comes to town on Thursday. Ottawa in town on Saturday. One road game over to Carolina, and then it's right back home here to the United Center for another jam-packed homestand here on the west side of the Windy City. But before we get into more of this upcoming week, let's break down this one with our pal Troy Murray. He's up in the radio booth with John Wideman on the call tonight. And Troy, a couple times today, the the Hawks kind of got uh, another extra breath. They got within a goal late in the second period, but then Quite a quick turnaround that Colin Blackwell shot off the crossbar, didn't go into the back of the net. Vancouver comes down the ice and ends up giving themselves back a two-goal lead. I mean, this this was a, an uphill battle for the Hawks. They didn't help their case at all in the first period, but I think he got a full-on display on why the Vancouver Canucks are so good this year. Yeah, the pace was good right off the bat. The Hawks actually had a couple good shifts in the offensive zone, but... Uh, Vancouver just, uh, boy, they just kept at it. And, and once they got into their rhythm, they really dominated for a large part of this game. And they had some opportunities. Again, uh, Peter Mrazek was really good in, in this game. Uh, but, you know, two goals, probably not enough against a team that leads the NHL and goals four. And you can see why. Boy, they moved the puck around. Their defense are very active. They've got skill up front. Their, their depth, I'm still questioning it. I mean, if you look at the overall numbers, I don't know if you can kind of sustain it throughout the entire season, but, you know, they're battling hard. And even in these last little times, we talked about it during the intermission, that this team, the Vancouver Canucks, even if they don't have their A game, are finding ways to win or get points in games. And uh, tonight, I don't think that uh, they were too far off their A game for a lot of it. They were dominant. Well, they might be getting Phil Kessel now, too. We, we heard that news earlier today. Yeah, I'm not... That's sure not the... That's well, not one of the top I, six forwards that you, you were. You know what I expecting? mean? They're they're, they're going to take a look at him. They're they're not signing him to a deal. Um, he's going to go work out with uh, their farm team for a while and see how it works out. But uh, you know, I, I Phil Kessel. You know, he's, he, he he. There's pedigree there w- with him. The way that he's you know performed over his career. But I think things have slowed down there. And if you're looking for a speed game that that Vancouver wants to play, I'm not sure he's the fit that that. They, they need up in their top six, but maybe it's kind of a no-brainer, sign them for a league minimum friendly deal type thing and, and see how it goes. No, Yeah, I hear you. That makes sense. Uh, Troy, I bring this up not so much for the conversation of, uh, oh, look at the Hawks' effort in the third period, you know, still giving it their all, but this has just kind of become a repetitive thing for this team. They're, they trail in the third period, but not even so much for trying to still win the game, but trying to accomplish things and work on things and just 
stay with the mindset of, okay, this is 20 minutes where we can work on some things and improve. I, I do feel like you're at least getting that from this team in the third period. They're not using it as just wasted time. They're, they understand where they are in the standings. They, they're not satisfied with it. It's not like they're just keeling over at that moment. But, you know, they're, they're still giving it a fighting effort in the third period. And I think that's important, an important mentality for a team like this to have. Yeah, and and it's important for all these guys on the roster. And Luke Richardson was talking about it this morning that you know you're, you're starting to get some some bodies that you know are going to start coming back into the lineup. Uh, Athanasiu, you know, progression looks pretty good here. That you know he may start to to join the team and get back into the lineup. And then you look at Connor Bedard, expected to come back sometime next week, midweek type thing. Uh, that's just over the six uh, week mark as far as his healing. And then you make it some. You have to make some decisions with some of these guys. Who's in the lineup? Who's not in the lineup? So every shift, every game for these guys certainly means a lot. And maybe not when you look at the score and where the team is in the standings, but individually, they've got a lot to prove. And if you you know don't play your best in the third period, if you check out and coach looks down the bench and sees that you're you're still not engaged in the game and it's tough it's really tough to stay involved in these games i've been on both sides of the equation and you know we've always talked about when you're playing a team and you, you have an opportunity you, you keep your foot on the pedal and you, you you break their will and it just doesn't seem like they've they've other teams have been able to break the will of the blackhawks which is really good to see uh, but important individually for all these guys is now you're, you've got some decisions that are going to be made here. And even some guys that are out of the lineup, uh, you know, in this game tonight, you, you just uh, you look at the opportunity that these guys have been given and they better give everything that they have or they're not going to be in the lineup and they're not going to be with the team when some healthy bodies start coming around. I got to ask this because I've never heard it before, but Vancouver's got a sleep guru. Yeah, there's there's teams around the NHL. They're 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 sleep experts, and you know how your body reacts. And I, I was uh, talking to Adam Foot there today, and he said that the team is going to stay over here because they would get back too late, and um, they've kind of had that mindset where they don't head back to Vancouver. And again, it, it's the it's the big travel issues that that Vancouver has to deal with. Um, and, you know, the time zones and everything, and, and their sleep crew said, you know, this is a night to stay over rather than travel and get back late, so that's what they're going to do. And there's several teams, I, I think, around the NHL that have those uh, sleep gurus, and I'm not sure if you really need it in the Central Division or those teams out in the East Coast, but, uh, yeah. you know, when you're Vancouver, maybe you're looking at Colorado, Arizona, um Florida, as John was talking about, maybe these teams kind of have to look at what's the best for your production here. And so they bring in these guys that uh, are, are sleep gurus. I I can't sleep any night as it is right now. You know, it doesn't matter where I am. <laughs> so you need one, too. You need a sleep I, guru. I need more than a sleep guru. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, that's it's very interesting, but it makes sense. I mean, nowadays with the how much that – Nutrition is monitored, and just sports science, and and the health of these athletes. It it's not surprising that a sleep expert would be thrown into that as well. And yeah, yeah, I I, I think that these teams that have uh, you know travel issues as far as where they're located, you don't need to have the, that kind of an opinion there. And you know maybe it does help. It seems like it's helped Vancouver this season. I think they've had them in the past too as well. Hmm. All right, Troy. Lastly, I, I just. Definitely want to end out with, um, I, I know you probably want to bring up uh, the recent GoFundMe regarding 
Palace Grill and our friend George Lamparis. And it sounds like it's already gaining some steam. Hopefully by tomorrow it has reached its goal, but um, already some good news on that front. Yeah, I mean, we all are friends of uh, George's and the Palace Grill. And, and, you know, we had some fans that actually walked by the the, uh, group here before our uh, group of guys that walked right in front of our booth. And and they said that they always would stop at the Palace uh, for, you know, before they would come to the game. And they got here early because we didn't know what to do. So, you know, a lot of people have been uh, through the Palace Grill. It's been an institution for so many years, and the older players have, have been there. And when I came here, I, I you know, was brought there by an older player, and, and you know, the, the tradition kind of keeps rolling over. And during the heyday, I know that, uh, you know, the Taves family, the Kane family spent a lot of time there. And um, George has been a, just a, a wonderful guy. He's a big part of our Blackhawks Alumni Association as well. We gave him an award a couple years ago for his service in the community, what he does for hockey and in the community in general. He's just a great man, and it was a, a fire that uh, happened last Thursday night and basically torched uh, most of the inside, some of the area on the uh, the, uh, the new build-out that they put on several years ago or a bunch of years ago it, it wasn't quite as affected but a lot of smoke damage and the where the grill was where the diner originally was along the bar i was inside and uh, you know just a total devastation in that area so i don't know what they're going to have to do but uh, you know george when i was down there last friday i was talking to him uh, he was more worried about his workers and them not being able to you know have a, an income coming in rather than his place and that's just the way george is he He's just such a wonderful man, and everybody who goes in there gets a friendly greeting from George, and more often than not, he ends up sitting down at your table telling you some jokes. He's a he's a great joke teller, and uh, he's uh, spent some time doing some stand-up uh, comedy as well. So just a great guy, and I know that there's going to be a lot of support and a lot of outpouring, and uh, the, uh, the GoFundMe page is, is Help Iconic Palace Grill Rebuild. Um, for uh, the GoFundMe page. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure if, if anyone out there can just Google GoFundMe Palace Grill, that should pop up. But if you can't, uh, Troy posted it on his Twitter account. I just retweeted it um, so you can find it there. And, again, the Palace Grill on the 1400 block, Madison. Again, if, even if you've never been inside of it, you've definitely seen it driving past all the Blackhawks murals on the side and just a, a huge part of Uh, the Blackhawks culture and history, and it sounds like George's family has owned it since the 50s. It's been around since the 30s, so a huge part of Chicago's history as well. So, again, Iconic Palace Grill on uh, GoFundMe.com. All right, pal. Thank you very much for everything, all the insight and whatnot, and uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of nights. Sid the Kid and the Penguins coming to town. Yeah, that should be a fun one, Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm sure that the team will practice tomorrow try and work out some of the things that didn't go well tonight and and be ready for that game against the penguins all right we'll talk to your sleep guru make sure you get enough shut eye and then we'll see you in a couple of nights (laughs) okay thanks (laughs) (laughs) that is troy murray he and john weidman on the call tonight as the hawks fall to the vancouver canucks four to two here from the united center three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred if you'd like to join us you can call or you could text Uh, not a fun game a couple of spurts of some Offense from the Hawks tonight, but very little, and it came late in the second period. 
They did, they did get another goal from Kevin Korczynski in the third period, and that's kind of what I was getting at earlier when talking with Troy. Again, it's it's not to point out that third period and, and give the old college try. Well, at least you know the Hawks tried to finish strong and gave it their all in the final 20 minutes. That That is still part of the case. I'm not putting, I'm not saying that that's false, but it's more so, I think we all understand where the Hawks are at right now. It's what, 53 games into the season, and the Hawks are at the basement of the NHL standings. This is year two of the rebuild. It's going to take a lot to get to the playoffs, and I don't think anyone is using the word playoffs when talking about the Blackhawks right now. So what can there still be accomplished other than acquiring draft picks and acquiring draft capital? It's developing some of these young players and also seeing what you have in the other guys that are maybe on the fringe of being a part of this Blackhawks future uh, a few years from now or not. So, I mean, keep an eye on who's really giving it their all in those final 20 minutes because, uh, again, I think for the most part, this team isn't treating it as, oh, we're down by a couple of goals, let's just pack it in right here. They're trying to accomplish things. They're trying to work on things. And, you know, unfortunately, when the talent is kind of offset with these opponents, especially like the Vancouver Canucks who came in tonight, and you get off to a bad start, it's a real uphill battle. Now, Peter Morazic has done a great job this year, and especially tonight, making sure that the Hawks are having more of a fighting chance in these games, but sometimes it is just too tough with some of the competition that they're facing. And You know, a one nothing lead after 20 minutes is something that's kind of surprising after the Hawks were outshot 12-1. to and then the second period comes, and the Hawks gain a little bit more momentum. And I mean, hey, they were a couple inches away from tying it up. I'm not saying that oh, that you know should be a saving grace of this one, but but it's there. The possibility is there, but it takes a lot more for it to actually be there rather than just the possibility of it. Um, the good news is there's more home games, so there's more opportunity for this team to just go to practice and try to continue some sort of consistency of being here at the United Center. And the better news is guys are starting to make their way back. We're hoping we get to see Connor Bedard. I'm circling a week from tomorrow. That's a very optimistic date. But again, by Monday, by next Monday, it'll be six weeks since his surgery. After the surgery, he was given the six to eight week timeline. That first game, I should say that, yeah, that first game on Monday, which is next week, which would be the six-week mark, the Hawks are on the road in Carolina. The other day, Luke Richardson kind of put aside the idea that that could happen, that Bedard would be back by that day. Uh, and it does kind of just fit in well to what Luke Richardson was saying. He was saying hopefully next week Bedard can be a full participant. So by that time, it'll be six weeks. He'll have a couple of practices under his belt. Philadelphia Flyers come to town next Wednesday. Who knows? Maybe we'll see Connor Bedard. Maybe it won't be until the following Friday. Maybe it won't be until the following Sunday against the Detroit Red Wings. I think that's what Blackhawks fans are most hopeful for. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or if you'd like to text. We already got a couple of calls. I want to get to you in just a moment, but we got to get to a break. Again, 312-981-7200 to call or to text. Uh, we'll hear from Devin and John when we come back after this break. Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. As John Weideman had mentioned, third goal on the year for Kevin Korczynski. Lucas Reichel did pick up an assist on that goal, his seventh of the year, his tenth total point. But again, the Hawks drop 
by two goals tonight. 312-981-7200. If you'd like to join us, you can call or you can text. Our guy Devin in Palos Hills has almost got perfect attendance this year and wants to talk about Philip Kurashev. Go ahead, Devin. Hey, Joe. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, it seems as of lately, uh, Philip Kurashev, uh, his goal scoring has been down, but I'm just going to toss that up to uh, the Connor Bedard effect. But it seems to me like... Uh, he is having a career year, and I don't think he's getting the spotlight he deserves uh, really at all. He, it seems to me like night in and night out, he is our most consistent forward. He has, I'm looking right now, 28 points in 46 games, which is on pace for 50, which would be a career high by a mile. But, I mean, obviously he's not going to hit that with the games. Uh, not going to be there. But it just seems to me like he's not you know, getting the, the credit that he deserves. Uh, I just want to know what your take is on that. All right, thank you, Devin. Again, 312-981-7200 if you'd like to join in. Uh, honestly, I, I think you're spot on. I, I really uh, i am glad you brought it up because I actually had a few points on Philip Kurashev tonight jotted down. Uh, you're right, he, he's maybe not getting a lot of the recognition he deserves, but <sighs> the Hawks have been very patient with him, and I think they're, they're finally starting to see the stride that they were expecting from from him this year. And I mean, let's face it, for the most part, he was on the same line as Connor Bedard. I know he's been playing a lot with Nick Felino this year as well, but it's not so much about just his offensive talent. I think you're, you're starting to see a much better two way game from him lately. And I mean, maybe that's why he's not getting as much recognition as you would think, because I mean, numbers, numbers are what wins here in the NHL. And, um, honestly, what I had jotted down was he made a really nice play in the neutral zone where Vancouver could have just easily taken it, kind of set up their offense, but he just disrupted the play, and all of a sudden it turned into a three-on-one for the Hawks. And then he, he kept up with the play. Uh, he ended up getting the puck and almost had a, a chance just to have a quality uh, chance to uh, put a good shot on Demko. It didn't happen, but again, he just he's kind of a nuisance defensively in certain situations, and he's not afraid to get physical either. He's not he's not the biggest bruiser on the team, but he's he's finding a lot more confidence with his physicality. And I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert on this kind of stuff, but to me, that seems like once he's on a team that can maybe complement him a little bit more, even though he's more so of a complementary player that kind of finishes off lines and solidifies an identity, um, maybe the offense will just come then. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think Bedard's absence plays a little bit of a role of that as well. This team has just had a really tough time scoring without Connor Bedard. I think that's a factor. But uh, overall, no, I think good assessment on Philip Kurashev. I pretty much agree with you 100%. Again, 312-981-7200 if you'd like to call or if you'd like to text. We got John and Elburn. Now let's talk about the passing. Go ahead, John. You're on WGN Radio. Hey, Joe. How are you tonight? Doing great, John. How are you? Hey, I, I just wanted to chat a little bit about uh, passing. You know, when you sit up there in the stands and you look out, you see the uh, the players moving around and you watch the puck moving around. They're just not hitting stick on stick right now. It's between the legs, it's behind them, it's in front of them. And I think if they could just uh, chew that up a little bit, I think we'd have a little bit better season. And I'm hoping uh, that's what they're working on a little bit going forward. Were you at the game tonight, John? Oh, John's gone. Uh Man, two for two on the call so far tonight. I, I, I completely agree with John. And honestly, Troy brought this up too during the power play. 
the Hawks didn't look great on their first power play tonight, and a big reason of that was just not crisp passing. Uh, you move around the puck, and you're trying to create space. You're trying to generate chances. But the moment one of those passes goes awry, whether it's the person who passed the puck or the person who was on the receiving end, it kind of throws the entire play out the window. Like Troy mentioned, one fumbled puck resets everything. You, you can't have what you were going for anymore. You have to look at all your other options now, which are entirely different than what was happening in the past. I, I also think this is kind of a chicken-and-the-egg situation, too. Like, if the Hawks were playing more in sync, had more of an offensive groove, would their passing be more precise, or does it need to be flip-flopped? I'm not quite sure, but let's also, again, point out who the Hawks are missing. They're missing Taylor Hall, Connor Bedard, Andres Athanasiu, three very important pieces for this offense. Um, but yes, I think if you were at the game tonight and you were frustrated by the passing or not impressed by the passing or disappointed by the passing, I think you're totally justified for thinking that. And it's just another reason why I think this team is struggling offensively at this moment because it's difficult to get plays smoothly and uh, get things going along. Uh, we'll go to the text line. Again, 312-981-7200. Uh, 773 area code, solid effort. Mrazic, great and goal again. Richardson working hard. Appreciate the positive thoughts, 773. Uh, Dexter and Bolingbrook. Joe, Coach Q and Luke Richardson played hockey. Is Luke Richardson actually coaching the team or upper management? Also, is Troy Murray available to coach? I don't know if Troy wants to explore a, a coaching profession, but um, I think no matter what Troy Murray does, he'd be great at it, except maybe sleep. That's what he kind of told us today. Um, listen, I, I'm not ready to, to jump on Luke Richardson's coaching ability right now. I, I think the two rosters he's been given over the past couple of years has been tough ones to compete with in the NHL, and that's what happens in a rebuild. So I, I really think the only thing we can judge Luke Richardson on so far is work ethic he's able to get from his team. And even sometimes that might not be hitting the standard, but it's tough to just knock him on that because for the most part, this team is ready to play almost each and every game. And with a team that understands they're at the bottom of the standings, that understand they're going to be outmatched against a lot of different teams, I think you got to give a lot of credit to a coach and a coaching staff in that situation. Now listen, if this roster gets vastly improved in a couple of years – and the team's not quite cutting it, okay, I'll gladly share some Luke Richardson criticism. But right now, I'm not quite sure I'm ready to jump onto that. Uh, 331 area code, what's your opinion on Louis Crevier? I was at the game tonight, and it seems like every time he had the puck, he was making the wrong decisions. This is interesting because I, I really haven't heard much criticism from Louis Crevier yet. Um, it's not like I was isolating on his game tonight, so I, I can't give you a definitive answer. But I, I think to his credit... Um, he's a young defenseman. This was his 17th NHL game this season. Um, and listen, if you're looking at this game to judge players, I think it's tough because it was not a great game played by the Hawks. And they literally are playing the most, this was the most polarizing game in the NHL tonight. The top team in the standings against the bottom team in the standings. 
Um, but that doesn't mean your assessment's wrong. I, I feel like Louis Crevier is probably going through some growing pains, um, but I, I have liked his physical game. I, I don't know how much I can criticize his offensive game being one of the big defensemen out there on the ice for the Hawks. But, I mean, at the very least, I'll, I'll keep a closer eye or maybe ask Troy or a few other people at practice tomorrow what they thought. Um, but I'm just – I'm very impressed by Louis Crevier as just an athlete and um, a defenseman. He's just that old-school defenseman type. He's a big boy, I think 6'8", no, 6'10". I think Alex Vlasic 6'8". He might be 6'10". Uh, either way, I think a, a huge asset for this Blackhawks team, both now and moving forward. Uh, from the 708 area code, hey, Joe, did you see the huge upset tonight by the ISU basketball team? Pub 2 is bumping right now. What a night to be a bird. Uh, awesome, 708. Yeah, I did see Illinois State upsetting Indiana State. And, yes, I'm, I'm a proud Redbird um, and, and happy to bring that to the Blackhawks postgame show. Hawks follow the Vancouver Canucks 4-2 to two tonight here at the United Center. We'll get to one more call, then we got to get to another break. Again, 312-981-7200 if you'd like to join us. Uh, not sure the name, but uh, the caller's from Arlington Heights and thinks there was a lack of effort from the Blackhawks tonight. Go ahead. You're on WGN Radio. Oh, hey, fellas. Uh, you know, uh, you could tell from the beginning of the game um, – that we were outclassed in regards to skating. There were a lot of pucks that I thought that the Blackhawks could get to, but they obviously didn't. Um, you know, it, it, it's very discouraging when they come home, and I don't think they play their hearts out. I don't know if you guys saw the same thing, but uh, it's very, very difficult. And I think, um, what, what are your thoughts? All right, sir. Can I ask your name quickly? Because I, I didn't quite get it correctly on the on the call line. Lakes. Okay, thanks, Lakes. Um, here's the thing. No, I did not think the start was solid. I, I don't think it was. I don't want to say reasonable, but it's clearly not what the team wanted. I think they had a few good shifts at the beginning of the game. Then Vancouver kind of took over, and then it was incredibly difficult for the Blackhawks to find their stride once again. Once the second period came, you saw a different spurt, but yet it's still an uphill battle against Vancouver. And then by the time the third period rolls around, you're down by three goals. It's it's tough to turn things around as quickly as you can. I, I've got uh, a special guest here from uh, the Blackhawks television side of things, though. Uh, Darren Pang just popped into the postgame booth. And, uh, Darren, do, do you have any thoughts on... Uh, our caller's assessment on the team tonight. Yeah, I, I mean, I would absolutely agree with that. Uh, that first period, to me, I really thought that there was going to be some momentum gained from coming back from two goals down against a really good New York Ranger team. And you, you could feel the building in, in the last game against the Rangers. You can feel the momentum change. You can feel the energy and that they weren't going to go away without a fight. And then, you know, in this one here, maybe maybe Vancouver's a different animal. You know what I mean? They 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 also gave up a goal in the first 35 seconds of how many games? One game, two games. Three of the last four, they gave up a goal early. Two of them were shorthanded goals on this road trip. Hmm. So me, I'm just sitting there, you know, today at practice thinking to myself, what do you prepare for? You prepare for an onslaught early. Rick Tockett wants to end this trip. He wants to be on a winning note, and he doesn't want to give up a goal early, and he doesn't want to give the Blackhawks a chance to get into this game. And so I wasn't surprised by the Vancouver start, but I was thinking that the guys were going to be ready for a battle right off the hop. But they're a, they're a hard team to play against. I mean, 
you know, they take the will from you. They strong on pucks and, but I still thought that there was going to be something better in that first period. It was a little, to, to me, it was a little dis, d- disappointing and disheartening to, to see the level of compete or lack thereof in, in that first. So in the third period, you know, things change around. Now, Vancouver's got a lead. You get going. Maybe the lines get changed up a little bit, which they did in that third. And, and uh, Luke found something there, and he kept going back to a couple of lines. They, you know, they kept things simple, got the pucks in deep, and really put some pressure on on Vancouver. And and who knows? One one play, one end, and uh, another. You know, one one on one end, and the other going down the other way. That's right. a that's a one goal change. We've seen that a couple of times so far this year. Yeah, the Seattle game comes to mind, but I, I think you're right because the thing about the Rangers game was. This team finally got rewarded for sticking to their game plan, picking up a couple of goals, and nearly were able to pull out two points, but they fell short. Then they had three days, well, two practice days, one day off. Yep. And, and there was a lot of good vibes. I mean, there, there was a talkative uh, oh, energetic. dressing room. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, there was a lot of positive vibes going. So you and thought, that's, why I, that's why, again why I thought yeah. there'd be a little bit of that energy early on and that, you know what, they're going to punch them right in the nose here early on and see what, see what they've got. After playing a really good game in Vancouver against the Canucks gave up two goals in the first six minutes and 40 something seconds. And then from there, there on in, it was Thatcher Demko was the MVP of the game in Vancouver. Yeah. So again, I'm kind of going back to thinking, okay, that's, that's the confidence and that's the builder and, and kind of grow off of the game against the Rangers and, and come back and, and uh, put together a really good effort here against Vancouver. But I'm uh, clearly not enough against a really good team. We got to get to another break, but I want to get your thoughts on Vancouver as a team. What do you think? How oh, far do you think they go? You know, I I mean, listen, they I don't think they're done yet. Yeah. You know, I I still think that they they're not going to they're going to do anything with that uh Dakota Joshua line and the Connor Garland line and the Teddy Bluger line. Yeah, and Gordy Howe hat trick tonight. I mean, tonight. they they were terrific. They were the difference in this hockey game. And uh and so but but they're they're a handful. I'd uh I'd say that Troy's trying to write something. Yeah, we got Troy Murray here, too. We only got two microphones, unfortunately. I think they'd like to add to the top six. I feel like I heard that earlier today yeah. Yeah. on the broadcast. <laughs> well, if, if there's a year for the Vancouver Canucks to go all in, they've never won a Stanley Cup. They've never had a Norris Trophy winner. Wow. Uh, they're likely going to have one this year. And they're going to have a Jack Adams Award winner, in my opinion. Wow. And they might have the Vesna Trophy winner as well. That's a good recipe. So you might as well throw it all in here and... And uh, go for broke. The Vancouver Canucks have never won the Stanley Cup either. That's Darren Pang. We've got more to get to. Hawks fall to the Canucks 4-2 to tonight from the United Center Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. Mraz ended up picking up 34 saves tonight against the Vancouver Canucks. Not enough, though, in a 4-2 loss as the Hawks drop their second game. We'll technically go 0-2-1 on this homestand so far. I'm Joe Brand. This is the Blackhawks postgame show. We're taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight. We're going to hear from Seth Jones shortly, but tonight's Player with the Most Heart is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Northwestern Medicine is home to the state's leading heart and vascular program, top ranked for 16 straight years by U.S. News and World Report. I'm going to go back to Devin from Payless Hills and his call about Philip Kurashev. I thought he made some uh, some solid plays and uh, just kind of tried it to get some offense going out of the middle of nowhere, especially in the neutral zone. I was really impressed by Philip Kurashev's play once again tonight. Blackhawks defenseman Seth Jones chatted with the media. Let's hear from number four. I think that's first, you know, two games, last three games, it's two terrible starts. I wish I had answers for you. we got to come out uh, with just a lot more fire, a lot more juice. If it's not for Raza, it could be 4 in the first ten minutes. You know, it's Winning no battles down low. They won every single puck battle. 
uh, couldn't get pucks out, weren't working together at all, and it's kind of hard to get momentum after that. You know, we kind of had it at, what was it, 2-1, and then they score right after, and just mental breakdowns everywhere. The power play at the end of the first, are you consciously aware of there not being any shots on goal, or is it like an, something oh. on your mind to shoot immediately? Oh, we were aware. Yeah, we, were, we were definitely aware. The fans were aware. Um, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing you can't get a one puck to the net. Um, I don't know if we need to shoot it quicker or we need to have a shot mentality a little bit more and stop being so cute in the offensive zone, but um, yeah, so I, I, I think I took a muffin one-timer at the end just to put a one up there to be honest how mentally taxing is it right now when you got six games where you can't get the w is that six in a row yeah it's i'm sorry it's seven it's great um yeah it's um it's not fun you know it's not fun losing um it's kind of been like like we're talking about a broken record all season of um how we need to play you know we we played through good stretches where we couldn't score and so that really hurt um and then uh you know coming back from the break we just we played a good game last game um didn't get rewarded with a win and then tonight's just you can't expect to play 30 minutes in a game or 20 minutes in a game and win against a team like that Seth Jones putting it pretty bluntly there and calling the first period embarrassing and saying the team was getting too cute and came away with just one shot on goal in that first 20 minutes. We got one more break, and when we come back, we'll take a look around the NHL. Hawks fall to the Vancouver Canucks 4-2 tonight from the United Center. This is the Blackhawks postgame show on 720 WGN. Pittsburgh Penguins coming to town on Thursday here at the United Center as the Hawks will continue this homestand, another 7.30 puck drop, which means a 7 o'clock FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show right here on 720 WGN. As John and Troy were mentioning earlier, Pittsburgh with 53 points. They're seven out of a playoff spot, and they're behind five teams. So remember last year when the Hawks spoiled the Pittsburgh Penguins' playoff chances? Well, they can not quite directly spoil them again, but definitely make things a little bit more difficult. 11 games in the NHL tonight. We're going to get to as many as we can, and we're going to start in Boston. And goes back down low to Paul again. Waiting for it near side. Kucherov sweeps the run. Stan goes. That's Conte Cross. Power punches loose. Kucherov scores! Nikita Kucherov. Power play goal. Nikita Kucherov with his 34th goal of the season. But the Tampa Bay Lightning win that game in a shootout. 3-2 over the Boston Bruins. And Brad Marchand 1,000th game in his career, but the Bees couldn't get the victory over the TD Garden. They've had a couple of rough games over in Beantown over the uh, past couple of contests. Let's go to Buffalo. Speed here by Buffalo as they work the Kings in the Sabres offensive zone. There's a shot right on. Riddick gets behind him. Scores! J.J. Paterka stayed with it and gets the finish. That would have been just fine, but the Sabres ended up scoring six more goals. Dan Dunleavy of MSG Networks as the Buffalo Sabres just walloped the L.A. Kings 7-0. Anze Kopitar finished at minus six today. That is the worst plus minus for a former Selkie Trophy winner in NHL history. A 7-0 victory for the Buffalo Sabres over the L.A. Kings. Uh, their impressive road record still continues, though, 15-7-4. Some other scores, the Montreal Canadiens shut out Anaheim 5-zip. Ottawa extends their, rather, yeah, extends their winning streak to four straight games, a 6-3 winner over the Columbus Blue Jackets, Colorado Avalanche, and a three-game losing skid in hand Washington, its eighth loss out of their last nine games. Blackhawks Hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. When you start with Sitco, you're good to go. 
United Airlines, your Chicago and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers, Plumbers 911 Chicago, where they do it right the first time, and Northwestern Medicine. Big thanks to all the help back at the WGN Radio Studios, our production crew of Brendan Rook and Colin McCarthy. They were led by our captain, the tireless Crystal Flores. Here at the United Center, Jack Heinrich was our reporter. The Hall of Fame engineer is Paul Zarang. John Weideman and Troy Murray had the call. And for everyone that I mentioned, I'm Joe Brand. Again, a 4-2 final as Vancouver takes down the Hawks. David Jennings has your news next. After that, it's Raleigh James. Have a great rest of your Tuesday night, everybody. We will talk to you on Thursday when the Hawks host Pittsburgh. Have a good one. You've been listening to Chicago Blackhawks Hockey on Blackhawks Radio, 720 WGN. Streaming on WGNRadio.com and smart devices everywhere.